listening to SBS On The Money with Ricardo Gonsalves. Hi everyone, it's your daily 10-minute business and finance news wrap for this Wednesday, the 17th of August 2022. Later, real wages are falling, but some bonuses are rising. We'll tell you more in a few moments. But first, to the housing market with the CEO of property website Domain, the company posting a fully profit up by 2.4%. But what's the state of the market and where are the opportunities? For more, I spoke earlier with Jason Pellegrino, the CEO of Domain. Jason, can we start first with the state of the housing market? What kind of activity are you seeing on your website that gives us an indication of how buyers are feeling right now? So we continue to see listings grow uh, in the first six weeks of this financial year, following on from a very strong FY22, although we are seeing a tempering of activity and we'll, we'll probably see total listing volumes decline over the next year by a small amount, single-digit percentages. Uh, from, a, from a demand side, we are seeing, you know, interested buyers actively inquiring on property, but we've seen a tempering of that demand that that from that what I call that fear of missing out phase that 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 saw extraordinary market activity in 2021 and fast accelerating prices. That's actually a really good thing. It, it means that you know buyers and sellers are sort of more actively meeting in in mutual areas rather than being forced into situations of of trying to chase the market up or down. Are you seeing any new trends? For example, are are properties being listed for longer on the website? So really interestingly, recently we released a sustainability report uh, looking into trends in the property market, particularly around sustainability. One of the really interesting trends there is that properties that are talking about features that are sustainable, this is energy-saving features, are selling uh, faster, uh, taking less time on market, and actually are selling for, on average, $125,000 more than properties that don't actually feature those sustainability features. So it's a clear indication of the value of investing in you know something that's not only good for the planet, but is also good for your hip pocket. Speaking of prices, a lot of attention overnight on ANZ's forecast of house prices, an 18% fall in prices peak to trough. What are you seeing right now? You need to put that into context of the sort of trough to peak increase in places like Sydney of 30%. So if I was to tell you that would you take a situation wherever, you know, a a three-year period you saw a 30% increase and then an 18% decrease, you're back on the average sort of price increase and inflation for property prices that that Australia has experienced over many, many years. So, you know, overall, we will see a reduction in pricing. We're already starting to see that, particularly in in areas like Sydney and Melbourne that saw the the sort of the brunt of a lot of that fast accelerating price points and some of the regional sort of sea change, tree change areas through COVID that saw a, a real increase in demand. You will see prices come off. But again... That is is a really good outcome from what was an incredibly heated market that was not a pleasant experience for both buyers or sellers. Okay, let's talk numbers. Revenue rose 21% over the past financial year. However, that was in the face of record low interest rates. What now this year, given we're in a rising interest rate environment, and where do you see the growth? So there's really two areas that we need to focus on. One is our core listings business. We, we will see listings declines, low single digits to mid single digits over the course of the next 12 months. So there'll be less listings for us to actually monetize. However, we are seeing continued strong growth in what we call controllable yield. It's what we control. So for every listing that comes to market, we are, we are, have a price on that product and then, and we're, you know, 
agents can sort of step into more more and more premium products. So we actually see that over the next 12 months, we'll deliver controllable yield growth um, in, in the low teens, which will more than offset the listing volume decline and actually show a really strong um, you know, growth rate overall in the context of the market environment. Beyond that, we're also diversifying the business materially. So three years ago, this was a, a property classifieds business that, that that really sort of had moved from a print canvas to a, the digital world. And, and now we are a much more integrated, diversified uh, property marketplace business. We've got a cloud SaaS business helping agents with workflow and efficiency solutions. We've got a mortgage business that helps people not only find properties, but help to finance them. And we've got a property data business that has probably one of the most unique and high quality um, databases of properties across Australia that is of, of great use to governments, for example, across the country. Final couple of questions. Uh, costs are rising. We're hearing a lot about the labour shortage. How are you managing all of this? Yeah, we've seen a very strong labour market over the last 12 months, particularly in the war for technology talent. Uh, you know, that's been exacerbated by high growth of startups and a lot of venture capital investment setting in the market. It's also been doubled down by a lot of traditional organisations, you know, the the ASX, you know, 20, for example, starting to really invest in analytics, data and technology skills. Uh, what we're, and over the course of the last 12 months, that's, that's manifested in, you know, pretty significant uh, competition with talent and salary and wage growth in our business, probably in the high single digits in terms of growth, which is materially higher than what we've seen previously. The interesting thing is over the course of the last two to three months, we've seen that temper a lot. Um, you know, we're seeing more talent available on market. We're seeing the pressure to sort of um, to hire. Uh, we've seen less people sort of leave the business, for example, to offers elsewhere. Uh, and, and a lot of that has to do with, you know, a lot of the technology businesses, the largest technology businesses have, have, have come out, you know, quite vocally and said they are slowing down their hiring plans globally. And, you know, from the venture capital community, a lot of the startups are really focused on sort of cash preservation and that focus at the moment, which means that that sort of war for talent is is really starting to sort of temper off. Now, one thing that actually still needs to be addressed, and I'm glad that the job summit is coming up, but, you know, is is ensuring that we have the appropriate inflow of high skilled immigration into this country. It's our business has been built off the back of that. You know, I'm an immigrant myself, so into that into that sort of level, and my my family uh, are immigrant family. So the reality is that is a massive unlock to make sure that we have world class talent coming in to deliver world class outcomes in technology businesses like ours. Finally, what are you doing on the diversity and inclusion space? Look, diversity and inclusion is at the heart of who we are. It's at the heart of who I am. And, and from a leadership perspective, I'm very, very focused on it. We've done a lot of work around gender. We've done a lot of work around making sure that domain is a safe space uh, where people can bring their whole self to work and feel feel that they are part of building something special. I think my highlight over the last 12 months has been launching our first reconciliation action plan with Reconciliation Australia. Um, our goal is to build strong relationships with traditional owners. You know, our our our, our our centre of our business, our value, our purpose centres around the home, and working with traditional owners around home and 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 land and 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 that central purpose is really really important. You'll see an incredible artwork actually at the front of our annual report, for example, featured on you know, on the on um, around that the pics was part of our reconciliation action plan, bringing to life with a, with an amazing artist 
you know, our, our sort of representation of what it actually means and what the Reconciliation Action Plan means for Domain. A lot more to do, a lot more to go, and we'll be focused on this on the, you know, the course of the next 12 months and, you know, and onwards. But I'm really, really proud of all the work and passion that's gone into that over the course of the last 12 months. Jason Pellegrino there, the CEO of Domain. From the property market, let's now go to economics and wages because the wage price index rose 0.7% in the June quarter. It means for the year, wages are up 2.6%, but that is way below the 6.1% rate of inflation. For more, I spoke earlier with Bessa Detta. She is the Chief Economist at St George. Bessa, wages up 2.6% for the year. That's the highest since September 2014, but still way below that annual rate of inflation of 6.1%. So real wages are going backwards, right? So what does it mean for the rising cost of living? Well, with prices rising much faster than the incomes that are being earned by households, it means that households are feeling the pinch from these higher cost of living expenses and, you know, the generally higher inflationary pressures in the economy. Our consumer sentiment certainly shows that consumers are grumpy and downbeat about economic conditions and the outlook. However, uh, consumers are still spending and still spending pretty strongly. Uh, what we anticipate is that as we move through this year and over next year, some of that momentum in consumer spending growth will fall away. But are you surprised that given the inflationary environment that wages aren't growing even faster right now? We did think that wages growth would be a little bit faster than where they're at right now, uh, but we also thought it would be a gradual increase higher towards 4% per annum next year. Uh, you know, there are enterprise bargaining agreements that last several years, and they're probably restraining some of the pickup in the wages growth. Um, also, what's important is that some employers are giving non-wage payments or bonus payments to attract and retain staff and that doesn't get picked up as well in the wage price index. And in fact, one of the series, which is the wage price index, including bonuses, that grew at 3.1%, which is a lot faster than the measure excluding bonuses. Okay, so all up, who is doing the heavy lifting when it comes to rising wages? And what does it say about the economy? Well, in the quarter and across the year, it's construction. Uh, wages in the construction industry uh, certainly picked up faster than any other industry, and that was closely followed behind uh, by mining and also the electricity, gas, water and waste services. But we do know when we're speaking to our business and corporate customers uh, that there are also other pockets of strength across industries, including areas of IT and data, engineering and professional services. Do businesses actually have the capacity to pay more when it comes to wages? Well, we know that uh, demand is very robust in the economy. The economy is expanding quite strongly, and that's a function of the strong demand for goods and services that businesses are producing. However, uh, wages are a very big cost for businesses, particularly small businesses, and so the capacity to lift wages really relies on economic growth remaining robust into the future. Uh, so whilst there's probably some capacity to lift wages, um, what we are seeing is that, you know, real wages or wages adjusted for inflation um, are still in that contractory territory because the pace of inflation is so strong. What does this all mean for monetary policy and the Reserve Bank? 
Well, I think given that the labour market is incredibly tight and other measures of wages and labour costs are suggesting that the pressures are really heating up, and given that inflation is running well above the Reserve Bank's 2 to 3% target ban and hasn't peaked, we anticipate that the Reserve Bank will have more rate hikes to do. They will deliver another rate hike in September, and that will be followed by several more before the end of this year in an attempt to bring down inflation. Besedetta there from St George. Now to the Australian share market, which rose 0.3%, the S&P A6200, 7,127. For more on the day's market action, including plenty more on the profit results, I spoke earlier with June Bay Lou from Tribeca Investment Partners. June Bay, let's start first of all on the interest rate story. Global rates are continuing to rise. New Zealand today, a lift of 50 basis points at 3%. The, the central bank there, though, saying that there's the potential for it to hit 4.1%. Are rates fully priced into the market or is there still some upside risk there? Look, for uh, for the New Zealand market, it seems reasonably realistic. The forward rate is somewhere uh, around that 4%. Um, and we do expect New Zealand to continue to raise rates because the inflationary pressure is not coming off despite uh, the housing prices is sort of uh, come off. It's partly because of the labour market is so tight over there and they have out, um, sort of outbound uh, you know, employees uh, at this point. So that's been a lot of challenge. Now, for Australia, it's harder because our forward rate is actually a lot of people still debating whether we're going to get to 3%. Uh, and to me, that is a bit of risk uh, where we do start following the global path. Lots of profit numbers to talk about today. Let's begin with an oil producer, Santos, because it has an insight into the global growth story. What does it say? Look, it's still saying very strong demand for the product, given um, despite what share price volatility is in suggesting, still saying very strong ex- uh, expected cash flow to come through. Um, but on top of it, they did say they need to spend a lot more money. This is very consistent with what um, BHP has said a few days ago. Um, they're making more money, very strong demand, but they have to spend more. The other interesting one is Brambles because it's a, a pallet provider and is at the centre of the, the global supply chain uh, issues that we're seeing at the moment. Any interesting commentary there? Oh, absolutely. So Bramble is some, some uh, one of those companies that haven't re- had been traded sideways for years. Um, now, it actually not only beaten expectations on this result, it has also given pretty positive outlook, which is very unusual for Bramble. Uh, it talked about high single digit to double digit growth and most of people consensus expecting missing single digit. So a um, very strong growth outlook and the cash flow hopefully will get better. Any other interesting profit results you're keeping an eye on? Absolutely. So the big volatile areas of the reporting season so far is some of the high growth and e-commerce names, um, uh, the heavily shorted names. So we saw uh, Temple and Webster yesterday up 30%. Um, you know, Kogan, when they reported, up 50%. And Redbubble today, it's actually down 30%. So, you know, ultimately, it's not just about uh, what type of company it is. It's about the profit. Um, clearly, Redbubble has missed today uh, relative to the other two names. So it's been extremely volatile. So with all the profit numbers you're seeing so far, are there any themes? 
Um, look, the theme is interesting. This reporting season has been incredibly su supportive of consumer stocks. Remember, these these are the sectors has been sold off uh, quite a lot um, on the basis of worry for consumer spending um, and or their spending power because of rising costs of living and rising uh, rising interest rate. But this result season has shown all of them has said, look, trading update is very good. Things are going well, um, and the share price has responded positively. Now, over the next six months, it's going to be a bit more challenging to call uh, which way these stocks might go um, as the consumer will be under more pressure with high interest rates. And just finally, um, with this environment, where do you see the opportunities? Look, I think this environment, certainly given so much uncertainty ahead, um, look at the healthcare names. Um, CSL reported today down marginally, but these companies' earnings growth doesn't require um, economic activity to be sustained. Um, they will deliver double-digit growth regardless of what happens to the economic reality. Um, so buy these stocks when they're down. They're very defensive for the, for the portfolio. Junbei Lu there from Tribeca Investment Partners. This SBS On The Money podcast is provided for informational purposes only. The content on this podcast should not be understood as constituting advice or a recommendation. It is not personal advice and does not consider your personal circumstances or objectives. You should contact a licensed professional before making any financial decision.